of Wisdom, a podcast of prudent questions with your hosts, Jess and Chris. I'm Jess. And I'm Chris. Francis Bacon said that a prudent question is half of wisdom. Each episode, we bring you a question our kids asked us about something they've learned, and we help them find the answers they're looking for. This time on Half of Wisdom, we're talking about one of the strange units Americans use, the foot. Why do we have a unit named after a body part, and just whose foot is it named after anyways? Plus, other lesser-known units of distance. Units of measure. They give us a reference for pure numerical quantities. If I ask Chris to buy me 12 eggs at the grocery store, he knows what I want. He can visualize the container and know exactly what a dozen eggs looks like. If I ask him for two milks, though, he'll be confused. Two gallons of milk? Two quarts? Two half pints? He has no way to know what I want. Similarly, if I ask you to visualize an animal that weighs four, and you thought I meant four ounces, you'd think of a very different animal than if you thought I meant four tons. Put simply, units matter and they are required to communicate effectively. Mom, I learned about units in math this year. For all kinds of things, I had to choose the units that made sense. We would weigh our dog Cosmo in pounds, not tons. And I measure my paintbrushes in inches, not feet or miles. Feet always makes me laugh, though. Did someone really measure things using their actual feet? Is that where feet come from? Sort of. The history of the foot is a little complicated and not totally clear, but it does involve the length of people's feet. In the ancient world, it was hard to define a length precisely, and even harder to communicate that definition to all the people who might need it. Even if you could do that, those people probably wouldn't be able to carry around a standard measuring device everywhere they went. No one had invented tape measures yet. If people needed to measure things, they might use parts of their body. Short distances might be measured using the width of a finger or a thumb. And people could measure somewhat longer distances using a whole hand, either with fingers tight together or spread apart as far as possible. Even longer distances might use the length of the hand and forearm together, or the length from fingertips to nose, or the length of a person's outstretched arms from fingertip to fingertip. A lot of these measurements were given names. The length from the furthest fingertip to the elbow was called the cubit. The length from the tip of the thumb to the tip of the little finger with fingers spread out was about half a cubit and was called a span. And the length from the end of the fingers on one outstretched arm to the tip of the person's nose, about two cubits, became known as a yard. The ancient Romans started with the width of a finger called the digitus and put four of these together to make a palm. Four palms together made a foot, which, coincidentally, was about the length of a typical man's foot. They eventually divided the foot into twelve parts, each called an uncia, and the word uncia eventually came into English as our word inch, meaning one-twelfth of a foot. In the span-cubit-yard system, there were about three Roman feet in a yard so the foot also came to be measured as one-third of a yard. Later, when kingdoms, markets, and economies became more complicated, there was some need to standardize measurements so that people in a given area would know how much they were buying or selling and whether that matched up with what they were supposed to be buying or selling. 
In the early 1100s, Henry I of England defined an L as the distance from his own elbow to his fingertips, with a yard being defined as twice this length. Because a foot had already come to be known as a third of a yard, one foot in England at this time therefore became two-thirds of the length of Henry's forearm and hand. About 200 years later, the English king, either Edward I or Edward II, no one is sure which, redefined the yard and the foot in a law called the Composition of Yards and Perches. The new lengths were based on the length of a barley corn, which is a seed of the barley plant. Three barley corns end-to-end made an inch, 12 inches made a foot, and three feet made a yard. Although the units were ultimately supposed to be based on the size of barley corns, in practice they were fixed by the length of a particular metal bar that was one yard long, with a barley corn becoming just a unit of length equal to one one hundred and eighth of the length of that bar. In 1959, the foot was defined by international agreement as exactly 0.3048 meters, tying it to an SI unit of length for the first time. So a foot isn't the length of a person's foot? No, it's pretty close for a lot of people, but that's just a coincidence. That said, people have used actual feet to measure the units called feet for a long time. In the 1500s, Jacob Kobel wrote that authorities would verify the length of a foot by stopping 16 men of various sizes leaving church on a Sunday and calculating the average length of their feet. We talked about other units, too, like the furlong and the fathom. What are those? Imperial units, that is, the units we usually use in America and before that in Britain, are full of lengths that were useful at one time but seem crazy now that most people don't have experience with them. A fathom, from an old English word that means embracing arms, is six feet long, about the length of a person's outstretched arms measured from fingertip to fingertip. This was useful for sailors measuring the length of a rope used to determine the depth of water in a river or harbor. It's still used to indicate water depths on navigation charts. A furlong, from the old English words for furrow and long, is 220 yards, or one-eighth of a mile. It was originally the distance a team of oxen could pull a plow without resting. Fields in the Anglo-Saxon period usually had very long furrows, the trenches created by pulling the plow through the soil, because turning a team of oxen with a plow was hard, and this resulted in having to turn fewer times. Generally, a field was long and skinny, with a one-acre field being one furlong in one direction and one-tenth of a furlong in the other. We don't use furlongs much anymore, but they still show up in horse racing, with most races run at distances of 5 to 12 furlongs, and tracks measured in miles, furlongs, and yards. That's it for Half of Wisdom this time. We'd like to thank Shane Ivers at SilvermanSound.com for letting us use his song Driftmaster in our intro and outro. Check back soon for another prudent question and answer. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, or if you'd like to let us know your thoughts on feet, fathoms, and furlongs, send us an email at halfofwisdom at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at PrudentQPodcast.com.